Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zana. I'm Zook. And now, uh, Zook, is that the Stolen Droids Podcast? Is that what you said? I, I, I don't know. I think I said duh. The Stolen Droids Podcast. Uh, okay, just checking. We're thug like that. We, we, you know, we're almost 300 episodes in. We really should finalize that or figure we, that out. We're also filing for copyright, so we should probably figure out what it is for copywriting. <laughs> no, trademark. Copyright is, I think, inherent, but at least based on what I've read. But if I'm wrong, hey, lawyer friends, tell me. Yes, indeed. Um, so we're recording this on the first day of Standard Time. Is it screwing with you as much as it's screwing with me? You know, I freaking hate daylight saving time. And uh, First of all, I've got five kids. And so when people say, oh, but you get an extra hour of sleep, I get an extra hour of nothing. Yeah, nothing at all. Because I've got five kids, so it's not going to happen. And then I spend the next two weeks trying to get my children to adjust to the new time change. And so I absolutely despise it. But, you know, right now I'm okay. My eyes are a little tired. But, you know, I slept for like 10 hours yesterday. See, so. and, and Friday night to Saturday morning, I got three hours of sleep. And I got I spent, four. I spent all day at um, a inherited neuropathy conference up at the University of Utah where my wife was speaking. I jokingly called it uh, CrippleCon. Um, <laughs> she laughed but advised me that I shouldn't tell anyone else. That's awesome. CripCon for short. Yeah, CripCon 2016. Um, I even put on some AFOs that a friend had brought so I could see what it was like to walk around with leg braces. I told her I was in cosplay. Um, (laughs) But so three hours of sleep and then an entire con. Um, I slept for about 13 and a half hours last night. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I think I got 10 with the alleged time change. So uh, it's 10.13 p.m. right now, Sunday night. Uh, it feels like it's 11.13, and I'm still fine. Um, don't know about everyone else, but I'm fine for now anyway. Hey, shout out to our friends over at trekradio.net, cryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, stitcher.com, uh, Radio KSCR, Geek Factor Radio. Joe's sitting there going, oh, he, could have made, he couldn't have made the cripple joke after he mentions my name. Nope. Nope, I got that in there before I said all the sponsors. <laughs> I should start getting some emails. Yeah, fun. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't heard from Joe for a while. We probably need to step up our game a bit. I, I don't know how we could and maintain our family-friendly rating on iTunes. That is probably true. That is probably true. In fact, I, I genuinely have questioned in the past... Have we lost our family-friendly rating on iTunes? <laughs> um, I don't know. Don't ask, don't tell, I guess. We, we we try very hard to be safe for work and whatnot, but, you know, occasionally words come out. and They're good words, usually, because we have the best words on this show. So, But if if there are times where they're not the best words, then we apologize in advance. Tonight wor- may be one we, of those we have, we have huge words. Huge words. So huge. So huge. Um, and we will be talking about China. China? China, yep. Yeah. Uh, China and their huge, huge problems. Hey, but before we do that, let's jump right into some more family-friendly breaking stuff with an email from Paul. Subject line, do you get a reach-around with that? <laughs> 
He's uh, referring to the cost of the new MacBook Pros. <laughs> That's my favorite yes, subject Paul, ever. But you need to buy an adapter. <laughs> you need to buy a dongle. Of them. Yes, a dongle. Well, you need to buy an adapter because he's in Europe. You know. Oh, yes. An yeah. adapter and then a dongle. Uh, yes, an adapter, then a dongle. Then a laptop, then another adapter. Okay, so uh, the email actually goes, I have been really pleased with my 13-inch MacBook Pro. <laughs> That's an ambitious size there, Paul. Um, I have been waiting for the new incarnation to perhaps move up to the 15-inch model. However, the price difference is unbelievable. 1495 pounds and 2345 pounds for the 13 and 15 respectively. I assume the amount is the same if not more in US dollars. Not to mention the cost of converters to use. Well, anything aside for the charger. For 2345, I want a talking walking Mac made that does all my cooking, cleaning and laundry. My question is for someone in the market for a 13 to 15 inch laptop and not afraid to spend a thousand pounds or a little more for something a bit special, what would you recommend brand and model-wise? Personally, I need it to run the Adobe Master Suite and play the occasional game. Build quality is also important, in my opinion. Um, and then he wrote another email um, entitled Superb Owl. Not really, but we can't say the actual name. Just a thought on why companies would have interest in closing down pirate streams. This in reference to Cisco being able to cut pirate uh, video streams on demand. Your point rings 100% true in the U.S., but there are many countries around the world where the superb owl is either on pay-per-view service or part of an expensive sports package through a cable provider. Not sure if you have the same situation with English Premier League football in the U.S. or if it's shown freely. I'm sure the SPL, Scottish Premier League, would give you a cheap deal for their crap content. P.S. I hate sports. Thanks, Paul. You're absolutely right, actually. Before we get back to the uh, the Apple Reach Around, which is not a show title... Um, <laughs> it should be. <laughs> I will we'll definitely lose our <laughs> iTunes rating then. I had completely neglected to think about, you know, U.S. sports shown other areas. Because he's absolutely right. We take for granted that something like the Superb Owl is shown here in the U.S. And we get we give it free advertising by watching it. And that's how they make their money. So why would they cut the stream to it? But if you live somewhere else... You know, if you live in Moscow and you want to watch this strange American custom, you probably can't turn on Fox Sports. Yeah, I when I was in South Africa, we had that game take place, and we actually borrowed a, a TV from the next door neighbor and watched it. It was on at like two a.m. local time, uh, but they they aired it live. So, and that was shoot almost twenty years ago. So, I, I'm sure that it's it's possible to watch our sports overseas if you. Now, to answer your question, Paul, no, no one here watches the English Premier League. No one. No one. <laughs> um, and I didn't know what the Scottish Premier League was until you wrote this email. The only people who would watch soccer in the U.S. are watching it in Spanish. And conversely, the only people who would play soccer in the U.S. are those too uncoordinated to play baseball. Just saying. People with a lot of athletic talent who don't want to make a lot of money. 
It's How many the, people can we piss off tonight? I'm just saying it's the it's the sad truth about uh, soccer in America. I love soccer. You know, when it's World Cup time, I'm all in. But to be fair, that's how I am with every sport. I don't watch baseball until it's, you know, World Series. And see, I'm the guy that gets MLB premium so I can watch every Mets game. Yeah, you're weird that way. It's I am okay. weird that way, but I, I do love me some baseball. NBA Finals, that's my time to watch. The Olympics, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. But the rest of the time, I don't watch. UFC, never watch. So See, I like UFC. I think it's fun to watch people kick each other in the face. But here's what's really <laughs> funny, okay? I don't have pay-per-view packages at all with any of my channels. I, I have a local metro provider for my cable TV. I brought this up, but I travel a lot for business, and inevitably, I go to different hotels, and they have different cable packages, a lot of pay-per-view. What's not porn is usually movies. What isn't movies is, without fail, some sort of poker championship. Channels and channels and channels of poker championships. How can there be that many poker championships going on? <laughs> no, it's not code for porn. See, it could be, though. <laughs> the, the porn is a little bit more obviously named, okay? True. I, I mean, the Texas Hold'em Invitational, I'm assuming, is actual Texas Hold'em. See, Big, beautiful, busty wrong. babe six doesn't have the word invitational at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, true. I'm just, I'm just assuming, so. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Backdoor neighbor seven. Probably not a poker tournament. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, so I don't, yeah, pay-per-view sports is kind of a weird thing, and I don't proclaim to be an expert in it because... I don't have a clue, but you're probably right, Paul. They are talking more about international things. See, I'll 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 pirate anime and I'll pirate you know, episodes of Top Gear before it turned to crap because that's what interests me. The idea of pirating a sports show is alien to me. Why would I do that? Uh, if you answer your Apple email, first off, we're, we're going to talk about those adapters, not the one I referenced earlier in relation to your previous question but actual apple adapters but also i just got myself a 15 inch laptop it's a gaming laptop with an nvidia geforce 960m i have 16 gigs of ram i have a ssd and another hard drive on board it has 4k touch display it has a 10 key i love it except for the fact it just died but they're fixing it for me for free Different story. I can go into detail later. Um, and it was $890. Buy Dell. If you're not going to buy Apple, buy Dell. And if you have more money, buy a Microsoft Surface. Yeah, I, I think that's the way to go right now. That It looks to me like that's how... That's that's how Microsoft is kind of taking the hardware evolution at this point. Mm -hmm. I, I so I was at a, a store just uh, this last week actually, and I stopped by and I played with the Microsoft Surface again. And the last time I played with it, I didn't have a chance to undock the screen. Um, the Surface Book, if you need any 
reminder, the Surface Book, and I don't know if I have a same book before, but that is the laptop I'm talking about, the Surface Book. You can dock it to the laptop portion of it, and it becomes a full-on laptop, or you can undock it, and it just becomes a tablet, a tablet with a Core i7 in there. The thing is freaking light. I never realized how light it is, but it is. It's incredibly light. So, again, if you have the money, go Surface Book. Um, into our headlines, right? Sure, let's headline it up. Let's headline it. Hey, if you have any feedback for us, you know the drill. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. And let's talk more about Microsoft, shall we? Because the one area that they've never really been able to uh, do well in... Actually, I'm going to correct myself already. I was going to say the... Uh, the instant messaging and team collaboration area. But that's not right. Microsoft Link has been fairly fairly solid for a lot of years, I think. Yeah, and then they got and, they bought Skype and it became and they, Skype for business. Yes, and Skype has issues. Yes it does. But before <laughs> Link, before Link um and before Office Communicator because that was the one before that and before everyone used Google Chat and Hangouts, what did everyone use? AOL Instant Messenger. Uh, after that. Yahoo Instant Messenger. After that. <laughs> MSN Messenger. Oh, that's right. MSN Messenger. Yeah, everyone used AOL Instant Messenger because it was the only one around. Then everyone used Yahoo because they were the next big thing and they were dumping millions of dollars into their uh, ad campaign. And then MSN Messenger came out and that was the one everyone used. Up until Google came out with GChat or GTalk. So, yeah, GTalk, I think it was. So I, I stand corrected. Yes, they've always done well at that, but they've never done really well at professional collaboration. That's allowed things like Slack to come through. And we use Slack for stolen droids as well. Well, they're coming out with their own now. It's now in preview. It's available on Android, on iOS, and part of the Office 365 platform as well. And it allows team collaboration over video, over voice. You can upload files. You can store conversations as long as you need. You can index and search them. You can open up sub-channels. It's just like Slack. And we've talked about Slack on the show before. I'm excited. I'm excited because one thing Microsoft has done really well in the last couple years is their cloud platform. Their Office 365 platform has been wonderful. And it's helped save the company. They're making money hand over foot off their cloud services, and it's the one area of the company that keeps expanding and getting more and more profit. And it's also been the one thing that I think has helped tie Xbox and Windows and Cortana and everything else. And if they had had it more in place when Windows Phone came out, it could have saved that too. But as it is, now they're on iOS, now they're on Android. So to have this is really a step in the right direction. However, I would hope that they have learned enough from Slack that they don't tie this directly to Office 365. So people who don't have an Office 365 account can also use it. Yeah, I think that could be a, a big deal breaker. And on the other hand, you've got organizations that have failed to jump on the Slack bandwagon because it's not a Microsoft product. And, oh, we're a Microsoft company. We use Office 365. We pay for it. 
Microsoft, you know, will have to use Skype or Office Communicator or Link or whatever you want to use, however far back in time you want to go. Mm-hmm. And now we may see some of those companies jumping on this particular product from Microsoft. Well, my day job is in that area. You know, we have people who use Google Hangouts, and it drives me insane because I can't, as the administrator, I can't control access to that. Yeah. You know, someone leaves the company, I terminate all their accounts, but, oh, hey, look, they used Google Hangouts to converse with our clients, and I can't shut off access to that. Well, now with this, with something like this, I can tie that into the company's federation. I can control access to it. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious how this is going to how this is going to shake out and and you know, I I almost kind of expected Microsoft to make a bid for Slack, to be honest with you. I still think Google may eventually, but and then ruin it. And then they'll ruin it. They will ruin it. You know, Google seems to be a ruiner of things lately. They really do. They really do. And we'll talk more about that in a later headline, but uh, especially their messaging right now, it's in bad shape. Yeah, it's it's a nightmare. Yeah. Um, moving, into, moving into Google and Microsoft. Speaking of... <laughs> Speaking of being a ruiner and a colossal douche, it's not a real friendly episode this week, is it? It's not. Do we have anger issues tonight, or is it just the, maybe, the world is going stupid and we're calling them out? Maybe this is just us on a lot of sleep, which is <laughs> funny because it's also us on no sleep. It's so ironic. It's it, We've entered a paradox of ourselves. Yeah. Too much sleep, we're horrible people. Too little sleep, we're horrible people with no energy. We need to get just the right amount of sleep. Lessons learned, we're bad people. The baby, the baby bear level of sleep. <laughs> so we've talked about this before, though, how Google has come out and said, hey, we're going to look, and if we find any vulnerabilities, we'll report it to the company and give them, what is it, 30 or 60 days 30 or days, 30 days, and it's called Project Zero. Yes, now, to, to fix it, and then they'll go public with it. Now... We, they've caught flack before where Microsoft is concerned because they'll say, oh, hey, Microsoft, we found this fix, this bug. Sorry, not fix. This bug or vulnerability. And Microsoft will say within 30 days, we know we have a plan to fix it. We have a roadmap. Here's the roadmap. Please don't report it because it could definitely create some problems for people if this vulnerability becomes widespread knowledge. And they say, well, is it going to be fixed in 30 days? Well, no, it'll be six, fixed in 60 days or 40 days. Well, that's not good enough. And they release the press release. Yes. Yeah. Which is, so, we've talked about is kind of a kind of a douchey thing to do. Mm-hmm. Well, Google has decided to say, well, if you think that's douchey, just wait till we do what we do next. October 21st, they disclosed a vulnerability to Microsoft. It is a critical vulnerability involving all copies of Windows currently in the wild. Ten days later, they released the information to everyone else in the world. So they're not even holding to their own 30-day arbitrary deadline. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is bad. 
This is this is bad. And I guess it's already. I, I saw something. They're already actively exploiting this, hackers and whoever. It's already being actively exploited. Yep. Which, you know, Google really kind of put a lot of people at risk here. Now, according to Microsoft, if you've upgraded to Windows 10 Anniversary Edition, which was the update that came out a couple months ago, this vulnerability shouldn't apply to you. Because, you know, we know how good everyone is about updating and accepting updates and restarting their computer to install updates and everything. But if you haven't, uh, Microsoft will be pushing a patch out November 8th. Patch Tuesday. Also Election Tuesday. Right. However, every month, the first Tuesday of every month is when Microsoft releases patches. It's Patch Tuesday. So, I don't know. Google, why do you got to be like that? Why do you got to be a hater? Yeah, I think that's I think that's very irresponsible of Google, in all honesty. It's incredibly so. Um, almost as much as how irresponsible they are currently with RCS. See that segue? That, that was good. Ooh, that was yes. good. RCS. What is RCS? Well, I'll give you a hint what it's not. It's not a reactionary control system, which is what I thought it was when I first read this article. <laughs> See, the Starship Enterprise has these little yellow spots around the uh, hull and the engineering hull as well. Um, around the saucer and the engineering hull. Those are RCS thrusters, and they allow it to make pitch and attitude adjustments in space. Real things, okay? Other things have them as well. You know, uh, the the Harrier jump jet is all about RCS. No, in this case, RCS is about messaging on a phone. It's supposed to replace SMS or MMS. I don't know what it actually stands for. It stands for RCS. Let's just let's just go with that. It was formerly known as Jibe, which is worse. So I guess good job changing the name. The idea is, is that SMS is a dated platform that can only send a limited amount of text information, right? It's text only. It's... Uh, it's simply 160 characters... And that's it, point to point. If you want to send a message to multiple people, it converts to MMS, which is, of course, a multimedia signal. Okay, If you want to send a picture, MMS. If you want mm -hmm. to send uh, any number of things, it's typically MMS. Well, what about emoji you're saying? What about you know smileys and, and, and smiling poop and things of food? Well, those are actually just simply character codes sent over SMS that your phone knows to translate. If you were to send it to a phone that didn't have the more modern character codes, they would get the short code and it wouldn't make any sense to them. So if you were to go into your old bin of things and find your flip phone from 2002 and send a smiling poop emoji to that phone, it wouldn't know what to do with it and you'd get some weird short code. That's all it can is. I, can I interrupt and diverge for a second here? Talking about smiling poop emojis, we need like a whole range of poop emojis. Cause like the angry poop emoji? Not every poop is happy. A flaming sometimes, poop. Sometimes poop is angry. Sometimes poop burns. Sometimes poop is just a puddle with a frowny face on it, you know? 
just just some thoughts. We need to we need to get on that. And it's a universal thing. We all know what what we mean when we say bad Mexican food poop. Yeah. Or if you're in India, it would just be standard poop. You could send like a flood water, you know, dysentery. <laughs> Didn't we have a talk like a year ago about the need for a dumpster fire emoji? Probably. Yeah. I, okay. I think I think Google could use a dumpster fire emoji right now. So here's so what's the problem, Zook? Get to the point. What are you? That's what I, I can feel you saying right now. Well, the point like, is, is shut that up, Zoner. <laughs> currently, there's four major carriers in the U.S. And no one can seem to agree on what RCS should be and what standard it should follow. So Google thought they'd throw their hat into the ring, because of course they should, and say, ah, we will make our own version of RCS, and everyone will follow it, and we'll be the standard bearer, and, you know, hail the conquering hero that we are. Well, except for the fact that no one's following Google's standard, only Sprint is even compatible with it. So the fact that Google has now upgraded Google Messenger, you know, the Android app you use for text messages, to use RCS means that if it were to enforce that encoding, it wouldn't be able to send messages anywhere. They would have broken their own platform. I don't see that. I don't see them being above that at this point. Which, of course, is fine because they don't want you to use that anyway. They want you to use Hangouts and Allo and Duo and every other dumpster fire of messaging app they have right now. Yeah, you look at what they're doing with their messaging platforms. It is complete schizophrenia. And and I'm not saying that to like disparage people who have schizophrenia because that's like a very real problem. But this is a very real problem for Google. They don't know what they want. They don't know how to convey what they have. And as a result, people are just confused and, and not using any of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is an article from Android Police, and it points out the very real fact that the largest smart mo- smartphone manufacturer in the U.S. by sales is actually still Apple. And Apple has absolutely no reason to ever move to RCS, never mind a Google-backed one or a AT&T-backed one or a T-Mobile. They have their own iMessage. Why on earth would they go to RCS? Yeah. I mean, what at what point does that benefit them? I don't think it ever does. So, makes sense. For them, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Apple, so it turns out people aren't as pleased about the MacBook Pro as I was. Remember I said that it was really, it actually was quite innovative. It was very cool. Um, there you know, was, I, actually, I saw something that said, and I didn't have a chance to, to delve into it, but I saw something that said if you look at like a macbook pro from like three years ago it's actually got better specs it's just it's just lighter or excuse me it's just heavier but it's got faster processing speed and everything else that you would want from a computer it it might it doesn't have that secondary display the touch id display which is a cool part being able to charge from any port on the computer is pretty cool you know those those are things i expect to see brought out into all Apple's computers down the line and probably then copied over into the PC market. But one thing I didn't notice last week when we were talking about it, it doesn't have an SD card slot. 
No, it does not. In fact, there's there's problems there. People are not happy with that. They're, it does have a headphone jack, so it does not have courage. It's a freaking cowardly computer. Put him up. Put him up. <laughs> so the problem is, is that a lot of MacBook Pros are used by professional photographers for reasons I don't want to get into. Um, but a lot of those cameras either take pictures on SD cards or compact flash. Well, compact flash still needs its own adapter anyway, but now MacBook pro users will need a third party card reader to read the SD cards. And in fact, because all of it is thunderbolt or USB type C, it means that any of your peripheral devices will need an adapter. That really nice mouse you like will need an adapter. The microphone you like, it needs an adapter. The external webcam, adapter. Your thumb drive, your external hard drive, adapters. All of them, adapters. Apple's actually taking this to heart. And from now till the end of the year, if you go to apple.com, you can buy any of these adapters for a steep discount. Uh, so, for instance, uh, the traditional USB adapter to USB-C goes from 20 to 10. Uh, Thunderbolt 3 to Thunderbolt 2, 50 to 30. Uh, Type-C to Lightning goes from 25 to 20. Uh, if you need the multi-port adapter, the one with VGA, USB, and USB-C goes from 70 to 50. And the multi-port adapter from VGA, USB, and Type-C goes from 70 to 50 as well. So, I mean, that's a good start. I'm still wondering why Apple just hasn't made a dock. That would make sense. But, you know, they do sell 17 different types of dongles at the moment. And that does seem to be their fastest growing product category. So why hinder that with a dock? Because they could charge $200, $300, $400 for a dock. And also make it so it could be, you know, uh, cinema display compliant. What they need to do is they need to come out with a dock that you need adapters for. <laughs> that way they can capitalize on the dock, plus still continue to grow their, their dongle. But you know what I'm saying? A single dock, a bar dock that you plug into one of these Type-C Thunderbolt 3 ports, and it charges the laptop while simultaneously providing a data connection to an SDCF reader, to a Thunderbolt display out, to a USB hub. Like, why is that hard for anyone else to understand? They need one dongle to rule them all. Right. And what they need to do is at their next dongle event, which, you know, let's face it, the, the Apple events are all now just like dongle sales sales presentations uh, they just need one dongle to rule them all and and be done with it i just thought of a hilarious idea get a macbook pro and get some heat sensitive paint on it so that when it heats up the bottom of the laptop actually has the elvish inscription from the one ring along Ooh, the bottom that would be awesome but only when it heats up that would be awesome. I'm just saying. I'd buy that. And I see, don't even have Mac stuff. See, I could be an Apple marketer. You should be. I, I can I can do this. Um, I couldn't be a Samsung marketer, though, because they're just in too much trouble. 
they cannot catch a break. They can blow crap up, but they just can't catch a break. I man. wonder if like they hired the team from Mythbusters and didn't even realize it. <laughs> so when Grant the whole Mahara is now their now their chief engineer. <laughs> Are you sure he's Korean? Who cares? We all look the same. Hire him. So we talked very briefly about this when the whole Note Seven fiasco started that people had made some reports about Samsung washing machines also exploding. And we didn't make much of it because there wasn't a lot of information. We made a joke about it, but that was about it. Well, no, it's on now. It's a full-on recall. Samsung washing machines are exploding. 2.8 million washing machines have been recalled. Now, I should clarify here that it's not exploding in the same way that the phones are exploding. There's no actual thermal you know, discharge happening. They're not actually setting fire. Instead, it seems more like the mounting system they used for the tub is failing at a key point in the spin cycle. You know, when your washing machine is basically a 5,800 RPM flail of death. <laughs> and it comes apart launching stuff everywhere. If, if you don't understand what that can do, I invite you to YouTube to Google throwing a brick into a washing machine. The, the phrasing might be different. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but it is a YouTube video of people throwing bricks into washing machines and the washing machine basically eating itself and then exploding. Yeah, they're fun to watch unless it's your washing machine. <laughs> Now, uh, uh, in the terms of other explodey things, um, Samsung has now said that they have successfully replaced 65% of all Note 7s in the U.S., which, by the way, is like a D in the U.S. grading system, so I don't think that's a success. If they haven't replaced your Note 7, don't worry. They pushed out a mandatory fix for you over, I, I want to say Monday, so like a week before this show comes out where it permanently limited your phone's charging capacity to 60% of the battery's overall capacity. So congratulations, your phone with the huge battery now can't use the full capacity of that huge battery. Aren't you so happy you bought it? Now, I have a couple questions about this. First of all, if you have a Galaxy Note Kaboom, why haven't you returned it yet? That's a very good question. What? I mean, people have had this thing blow up in their hands. It's like it's like playing with a firecracker that you've lit. And you're hanging on to it until the very last second. Just to see, you know, the thrill of possibly losing your fingers. Because, hey, everybody wants to be called nubs forever. Um, so I don't understand that. And second thing I don't understand is if they haven't returned it now is making their phone. So it has to charge more frequently going to be right, the right. catalyst that does it. I mean, they're playing with a bomb. We found that it only blows up when charging. So we're going to make you charge it way more often. Yeah, they just it. It doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're doing this so they can say, "Hey, look, we're doing all we can to motivate people." 
but if somebody's playing with a bomb, that right there should be motivation enough. Right. What does that say about the state of our society? Well, what's really funny is, so I talked with a friend of mine who had a Note 7. Um, and he got the kit. They sent him out the package that he had to mail it back in. And he had to put on special gloves. It came with special gloves. Which is just funny to me. I realize that they're just covering their, their rear. They're CYAing it all. But it's like, if the phone hasn't blown up on me now, it's probably not going to choose the last three seconds we're together to give it up. It's not like it knows that it's, you know, oh, geez, I've lost my window. I got to go now. And, <laughs> and do they need to really send gloves or should they send like a bomb, tech, a bomb tech jacket? You here's, know? Your, here's your flak jacket and your face mask. Yeah. So we, we, we've sent a remote scout to do this, like a telepresence machine. No. So it came with uh, written instructions on one side of the paper and on the other side of the paper, in case you couldn't read, it was all a bunch of picture instructions what to do. You like have Ikea. To, yeah, you have to don the gloves, put it into an electrostatic bag and seal it, put it into a box, put that box into another box, put that box into the shipping box, and then affix the prepaid postage and address labels to the front. Then on the side, top, and across every seal, put the do not transport by air labels that they included. So... He did send it through UPS. UPS has a special deal going with Samsung. But then they had to add their own stamp saying, don't send by UPS Air. Caution, do not send by Air. <laughs> like, all over the package. It's wow. funny to me, because, like, I don't mean to make light of it. If you have a device up to your ear that may go off like a flare at any moment, that's bad. I get that. That's bad. And at no point would I ever try and tell people who were injured by it or who lost property from it that it isn't. But it's not necessarily a full-on bomb. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, a road flare can go off in a passenger compartment of a jetliner and no one's going to die. It's a dick thing to do. Don't get me wrong. I I just, a lot of hype went into this, a lot of hysteria, and one Korean company not reacting well to any of it. Well, and you know, it's we've joked a lot about it, calling it a bomb and the Galaxy Note kaboom and things like that, but you're exactly right. I mean... It's not good. It's it's not like you're taking a stick of dynamite and lighting it. There is some differences here. I guarantee you that the Samsung washing machine has a much better chance of killing you and your family than the phone. Well, that's actually like hurt people. It's like leaving people with broken jaws and broken shoulders. And yeah, it's it's not a good thing. I'm just waiting for your Samsung fridge to go like ironically from the ice maker. I just want the, to see the ice maker burn up suddenly. The ice maker doesn't give ice anymore. It, it stopped sometime last week, I think. See, I'm half right. It's yeah. It's, it's just going to shoot napalm out of the, the water dispenser. Yeah, I'm just looking at that, and I'm thinking, I hate this fridge so much. I just I would love nothing more than to go buy a new refrigerator right now. Eh, eh. And I um, would not buy a Samsung for fear of it exploding in my kitchen. 
So, um, what's really funny is, is that with all this news that we've been uh, researching for, uh, every time I go to a site that has like shopping ads, it's saying, Hey, this Samsung TV is for sale. Yeah. I'll bet it is. <laughs> you think there's going to be a lot of, uh, good Samsung deals on black Friday trying Pro- to get people to buy their product. Probably, probably, um, moving back into more of an Android thing here. It turns out that, ah, hi cat. So Ninja the cat is now like moving my microphone and wanting to cuddle. So yeah, this is really weird watching a cat climb on your face. Oh, and my gut, I'm I'm that fat now. There's actually a cat shelf built into me, which is why he loves me so. And I'm here staring at your cat's butthole. <laughs> hey Paul, you want to get in on this? So, um. Android is now officially on 9 out of 10 mobile phones worldwide. That is insane. There has never been that kind of market saturation by any mobile operating system before. Even BlackBerry, when they were at their peak, didn't have that level. You know, that that's just... It kind of makes you wonder how. And I think a big part of it right now is because it's a free operating system. Yeah, and you've got places like India and China where you've got these cheap manufacturers, cheap phone manufacturers. And, hey, let's put Android on because that keeps the prices down. And they throw it out there. And I'm just watching your cat here. Maul me. Maul you. It's it's really kind of distracting. Now you get to look at your cat's butthole. Distracting for you, huh? <laughs> yeah, that, <sighs> that, sorry, listener. That was very unprofessional of us. Zook won't let it happen again until the next time. I, I've mentioned that Ninja the Cat is our new official spokes cat. You know. Spoke, spokes cat. Every <laughs> meow, podcast. Meow, meow, meow. Every podcast needs a good spokes cat. Sure, let's go with that. Who does not walk on the keyboard? Thank you. Um, Speaking of mobile devices, a new study was found that... (laughs) And he just butts me. Um, Most internet searches now are done by mobile devices. They're no longer done by your traditional laptops and desktops. Which kind of makes sense and kind of becomes confusing that this stat didn't happen earlier. And the reason I say that is because what do you have on you at all times? What you is got your phone? You got your phone. What is always on at all times? It's your phone. Your phone. So when you have a quick question, what are you going to consult? Are you going to wait and remember this question until you get back to your desk or back to your desktop or your laptop? Hmm. The next time I'm at the library, I should definitely check to see who it was in that 1984 movie about whatever. You know, though, I will say I purposefully will hold off on doing things because I don't want to do them on my phone. Yeah. And I personally think that it has uh, neglected, it, it has forced us to neglect teaching our kids how to actually research for things. Oh, you yeah, know, totally. We just have taken for granted the idea of, hey, I have a voice search, I tell my phone what I want to find, and the very first re- result must be true. Yeah. 
Yeah, there, there's something to be said about being able to go to an actual library or research center and find actual answers. But at the same time, like I said, it's not surprising that this has happened. No, it's not. And, you know, talking about about the truth there, I was talking with my kids earlier today about truth and how difficult truth can be to actually find. For more people than just kids. So yes. right now, um, not to turn this into a political thing here, um, but so we know Hillary Clinton's emails were once again in the spotlight, right? With the investigation with Anthony Weiner's uh, estranged wife. You know, side note, if you're ever an estranged anything, maybe it's time to just get the divorce. Yeah, probably. I, I'm just saying, that's that's a that's a much worse title. And if your last name is Wiener, you might want to look at getting that changed. Yeah, d- take her name, dude. Seriously. Um, but so, WikiLeaks has been releasing email transcripts and copies of emails to everyone, right? Largely to the discredit of the Clinton campaign. The problem is, is that there's actually another FBI case currently ongoing, and it's about how many of those emails that WikiLeaks is releasing are fake. Many of them forged. And they believe it's by Russian hacker groups. You know, that's... Either... either what's The thing is, and the reason I bring this up is not to, like, throw favor for one candidate or another, because I personally believe that Julian Assange and WikiLeaks isn't sitting there going, ha-ha, this will hurt the campaign next, I should say this. You know, they're not the ones doing it. I do believe they thought they're doing their civic duty, what they feel their civic duty is. You know, no secrets. But you can't trust things. You can't well, trust you, things on the internet. You know, you look at the at the WikiLeaks, and when did they start with these? Five, six years ago, something like that. Seven years ago. Yeah. And over that time, it, they've been proven credible time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. And to the point where now we just assume that if it's a WikiLeaks dump, that it's oh, it must going be to true. Be, it's yeah. going to be credible. Yeah. And, and so as I ha- said before, I, I'll bet you the people at WikiLeaks who released this thought it was credible. And so you think about this, how hard would it be for somebody who has nefarious purposes to throw some fake ones out there saying they're going to automatically assume that it's credible. It's only going to take, you know, 10 days or, or whatever Two weeks for them to discover that it's not legitimate. However, by that point, the damage is done. Right. So. Well, and and unfortunately, the the culture we live in now as well is like the debunking or the discrediting is never as loud as the initial headline. Oh, it never. And even if you do pick up on it, oh well, you know, hey, that's not actually accurate. They debunked that. Oh, that's what they'd like you to believe. Well, yeah. Yeah, that is what they'd like you to believe, because a lot of man hours went into discrediting that. You know, it's kind of like when the Boston Marathon bombing happened. Reddit was so happy to point out that within only four hours, they had found the culprits. They had identified who it was. They'd given names. They broadcast out everywhere who it was. Oh, you mean 
a bunch of people on an internet forum didn't have a clue? You mean it was actually someone else entirely? Yeah. You know, it's this idea of hacker journalism or citizen journalism. Most things on the internet aren't accurate. And the fact that mobile searches now lead desktop searches means that this misinformation is at our fingertips. Yay. Um, hey, speaking of misinformation, internet, and fingertips, I'm going to skip the next one here and go right to Gina. <laughs> you know, just staying on the WikiLeaks thing, uh, there's something here that says in 10 years they've produced 10 million doc- documents with 100% accuracy, as far as we know. Right, right. And as so. I said as well, the FBI is investigating so they're they're not they have not concluded, and it's kind of funny actually. You know what brought it to everyone's attention that they may not be accurate? A picture of someone writing something on stationery that was in an email. It had the the seal up at the top. It had their stationery. It had them writing it and signing their name. And it was a senator, and he came forward to the FBI going, "I never wrote that, and that's not what my stationery looks like." Interesting. Yeah, so even then, it was like the old-school hacking method that caught him. Cool. Interesting. Um, So China has a rather terrifying thing right now. They have the idea of, how would I even say this, citizen brainwashing? I don't don't have a term for this. Um... Compliance, encourage citizen compliance to the state. Okay, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And you're thinking, oh, well, they've always had that. How is that at all different? Ah, well, see, now they've gamified it. (laughs) There is a mobile app with the most racist name ever. And if you say good things about the state, if you visit state-sponsored places or leave positive reviews on state-sponsored whatevers. They give you points. And if you visit Tiananmen Square, or if you give negative reviews to state-sponsored things, they take away points. Well, what are points for? Well, points are good for where you fall on your leaderboard. So you can compare yourself to your neighbor and see what a good citizen you are compared to them. Oh, and if you want to get that job or get that apartment or get medical benefits, they can look at your online score as well. Sorry, you're not a good enough citizen to live here. We require someone 500 points per month or higher. It's like a credit score for your life. It's like Pokemon Go for everything. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. You know, you, you post pictures of Tiananmen Square or import anime from Japan and your score will go down. But if you buy work shoes or local agricultural products or visit some state-sponsored location, your score goes up. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's called, and it, it, it's it's called just Sesame me- Credit. Yeah, Sesame Credit. That's awesome, by the way. <laughs> that is so awesome. I love that. Not racist enough. Make it more so. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's it's funny because right now it's just optional. You don't have to do it. But by 2020, you will because it's mandatory after that point. 
How long until we see something like this come to the U.S.? Oh, not long enough, I'm sure. <laughs> this is this is hilarious and absolutely terrifying all at the same time. Absolutely terrifying. This is straight out of of Orwell. This is this is. 1984 China style. Well, it gets better. See, this actually came out a week ago, and I put it into our show notes from a week ago, but somehow, like, I didn't copy it over into the actual show notes. We forgot to talk about it. Everything just kind of fell apart, and I didn't remember it again until this week when new news came out of China. And I I can't not say that now. That's a really horrible thing. So the new news is that China, there we go, has formalized rules now for video uploaders and live streamers. See, right now it's still kind of the Wild West where live streaming is concerned. And then I say that worldwide is like that. China has decided to now say that if you're live streaming, they have made it compulsory for all online access points for all ISPs, for all server farms, for everything, to keep a record of everything you did during your live stream for a certain amount of time. I want to say the time is like two weeks. Now, why would that be important? Why do you think that's important? Let's put it this way. Okay. When Snapchat came out, Snapchat was the idea of I could send a picture of my junk to someone else and they saw it for three seconds and then it was gone, gone forever. Parents couldn't track it. The government couldn't track it. I could have a, a picture of a gun to a toddler's head and send it to someone. And three seconds later, no one knew that ever happened. Now, Okay, and, and that was an extreme example. I get that, but I'm, I'm trying to make a point here. Now, let's say that the U.S. government comes in and says, okay, yes, that's fine. Three seconds, it's gone, except it's not, because we want a copy of everything everyone does to live on our servers for two weeks so we can review them. You know, that kind of sounds like the NSA facility down in Draper, Utah. Sure, um, and that's fine, except for live streaming isn't the same as video publishing live streaming. The idea is that you stream it and then it's gone. Yes. And even the NSA can't capture live video streams at that frequency. This is, yeah, this is interesting. So just saying China, you're really, really, um, you're walking the line, but they don't care. Well, I don't know why I'm even bringing it up. They don't care. They know they, they are. They really don't care. And unfortunately, the citizens in China, I don't think, really know much different. Uh, they don't understand what they're what they're dealing with because, let's face it, they're Chinese. But this. So is you're saying Chinese people are stupid? No, Chinese people have lived under this oppression. And so I know that's not what you meant. That is what they know. Although I'm sure there are stupid Chinese people. I'm quite sure. Yeah. (laughs) But 
you stop and you think about For it. For clarification, I think there's stupid people in every country. I didn't want people to suddenly get really up in arms <laughs> against us. Yeah, we hate everybody equally, so we're not racist. Um, but, crap, now I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, yeah, it sets a bad precedent that, you know, how long until countries like the U.S. or Canada or the U.K. say, hey, well, this is what China's doing, and look at what it's doing for them. You know, actually, in, on that note, I think it's actually a good thing that China was the first one to come out with it, because we can always point to it and say, look, you want to be like China? And people in, immediately recoil back from that. If France did this, if the UK did this, if Germany did this, it'd be like, oh, yeah, look, our friends in Sweden do this, and look how happy they are. Versus, do you want to be like China? I don't think that's a good argument anymore. I mean, they had a, a Christmas tree ornament of Chairman Mao at the White House a few years ago. I mean, I don't know that that's a good argument anymore. Yeah, but I'm sure it was just because they probably put it on one of the lower branches, hoping that the cat would knock it off, you know? <laughs> this is where the two-year-old can reach. Yeah, by the way, if ever you give an ornament to someone and they immediately put it on the lower area, it means they hate it. Yeah. Just saying. Um, into pro our tip. <laughs> Yeah, pro tip. On to our favorites <laughs> this week. Mine... Um, You'd think bath salts were involved. So a YouTuber uploaded a video back in January of David Bowie's and What's-His-Bucket's song. Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger's uh, Dancing in the Streets. It's a 1980s hit. And what they did is they stripped out the audio from the music video and added in their own foley. Well, that sounds quite juvenile. You expect a lot of fart sounds and a lot of... Nope. Nope. They kept it quite classy. Um, it is exactly what you would expect to hear in an industrial district in the middle of the night and two middle-aged men dancing around like they're high. It is the 80s. most awkward thing you've ever seen in your life. And I swear, y you look at it and go, I don't know how much coke they were on when they did this, but it has to be a ton, a yeah, metric ton. The, the 80s are a magical time there, man. <laughs> And even more so when you're loaded with blow. <laughs> yeah, that's just, I, I watched that and I just thought, what the heck am I watching? Now, my favorite this week is a new mobile game. It's available on iOS and Android. Came out, oh, I don't know, like Thursday or so. Uh, yeah, something like that. Three, four days ago. I don't know. Uh, but it's DC Legends. This is a game that's gotten a lot of hype. Uh, basically what it is, uh, you create your team of heroes and villains from across the DC universe, and then you go and you fight. And it is a lot of fun. Uh, a, a lot of fun. I've been enjoying it quite a bit over the last few days. If you've played games like uh, The Walking Dead Road to Survival, it's similar concept. You know, you can level up your characters and things like that. Uh, but yeah, good times. Good way to kill some kill some time while you're waiting for the train or whatever. Now, hasn't this been out for a while? Uh, it it's been hyped for quite a while. I think it was in beta for some time, but it's it's been making headlines for quite some time, and it finally just went public this last week. What's really funny is clicking on the, uh, the Google Play Store link takes me to the iTunes App Store. Does it? Mm-hmm. And so does clicking on the uh, Apple one. Good job there. Wow. See, mine's just 
saying that it refused to connect. Interesting. I wonder if that's because I've got my pie hole running. Possibly. All right. Well, that is our show this week. Hey, let us know what you're thinking. Uh, if we manage to offend you or not, we'll try harder next time. Uh, feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Follow us on Twitter. Friend us on Facebook. And until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.